Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of We Talk Photo. I am one of your hosts as always, John Peterson, and with me is Mr. Jack Graham from the beautiful town of Graham, Washington. Yeah, I'm buying the place. Yeah, exactly. Photography. Now they have Graham Auto Repair, Graham uh, Office Complex, and Graham Cannabis. So you know they do have Graham Crackers too. Multi talented, you know. <laughs> exactly, it's a popular name. It is. Yeah. Yeah, so we're we're happy to be here today with you folks, and we're happy to uh, introduce our guest for this podcast. It's uh, somebody who, uh, you know, I've communicated with for many, many years from back in the NPN and then the Flickr days, and, and finally got a chance to get him on the program. And so with that, I'd like to welcome Adrian Klein. Happy day, hey, Adrian. Hey, Good to have you, kiddo. Thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here today. Yeah. You're, uh, we only need one more illustrious member of Photo Cascadia, and we've got we've 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 podcasted with the whole crowd. We've Imagine collected that. the whole set. Yeah. That sounds good. First, well, I believe it's Chip and we'll uh we'll work on that after this uh, podcast. Yeah, I'd like to do that. For like sure. You. So you're a, you're a, a, a wonderful Northwest native along with the rest of us. And Well, Jack's not native, but he's a resident. For the time being. Yeah, for the time being. So you're up here in, uh, in uh, you're still in the Portland area, right, Adrian? That is correct. Yeah, I'm based out of Portland and pretty much born and raised in the Pacific Northwest or really in Oregon in different uh, cities. But yeah, I've been in Portland for many years now. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too with all the graffiti and the the uh, homeless camps on the sidewalk uh, and... yeah oh boy don't get me started on that one yeah it's uh it's happening in a lot of places and portland's one of them but uh but we digress into social issues away from photography so you know why don't you for those that aren't for those folks that aren't familiar with adrian why don't you uh just give us a little introduction sure that, that sounds good john um so you know photography wise I've been photographing now for probably about 20 years. Um, I would say about 15 of those on the you know serious to high interest level. Before then, um, it was just really just snapshots. I, I was into the outdoors before I was into photography, so there's always that conversation of you know what came first. And for me, um, you know, I've always been into the outdoors for for a long time now, um, and I was doing that before I really even had a camera in hand. Um, but going back, like I said, about 20 years, my very first camera was a digital camera, really right out of the beginning of the digital age, a one megapixel Kodak camera. Um, so I just continued to progress during that time period of the 2000s there, buying different cameras, um, mainly shooting nature and landscape stuff. Um, people bugging me for doing portraits and weddings. I would always say no during that time. Uh, eventually I gave in and I started doing that as well. So I would, you know, go out for my outdoor adventures and I would also take, you know, weddings and portraits and all that stuff. And I actually liked it. Uh, so I did have a period of time between gigs around 2008 where I took a break from the corporate world for less than a year there, did weddings and portraits full time. Um, part of that was the, 
incorrect assumption that by doing that, I was going to have more time to spend outside and do all those fun <laughs> things, um, which was completely not the case. Um, I found out, I, you know, because I really cared about doing a good job with my business. So I put all my energy into that. And so I wasn't getting out and doing anything. And so after almost a year, my wife and I kind of just, you know, had that conversation of, you know, is this where we want to continue to go? And I decided I was going to switch gears, shut that down, go back into the corporate world, and then just go back to the landscape nature stuff that that I really had the, the most passion around. Um, so I made that change around 2009, which was the beginning of multiple things that happened. One is getting into the, the workshop side of the business at that time, because I really enjoy teaching. Um, and that's also when uh, Photo Cascadia was started. So that was the continued evolution of my photography, getting out of the, the portrait and weddings and all of that fun stuff, and then transitioning over. And did workshops mainly with Kevin McNeil. Um, again, one of the team members of Photo Cascadia. Did it for about four years. But I had a, you know, a young family, demanding tech job, and it got to the point that I really just had to say, you know, something had to give. I just, I couldn't do it anymore because I was doing more and more workshops. I really wasn't even having personal time at that point to, to get out and do any of my own photography. So we shut down the workshop business, um, Kevin and I did, and just kind of went back to my personal shooting, focusing on my my day job and then family time. And that's really what I've, I've been doing you know, for the last number of years, I would occasionally do a workshop like once a year with David Cobb, again, another Photo Cascadia team member. Um, and so that's that's where I've been for a while now. Then you know, to where we're at now, 2022, I decided, you know, when made a decision actually a little while back, so it was earlier last year, um, that I, I want to take a break, long-term break, and just focus again on photography step away from the corporate tech world. Uh, so I officially did that in February of this year was really the, the where I walked away. Um, and again, with a plan, I didn't, wasn't, didn't just wake up one day and said, hey, I'm going to leave next week out of my job. So I don't recommend that for anybody listening. Um, but anyway, I, I have left and now I'm just focusing on photography going forward. Um, workshops is going to be a big piece of it. Um, and, you know, some other projects and things that, that I want to work on. Um, but that's me where I'm at right now at, um, you know, a high level, but I'm glad to dive into any of that. Um, if you have any questions, Jack or John. Oh, for sure. Well, for sure. That's a, always. It's an interesting topic. Uh, you know, we've talked about um, here on our, I don't know what this is, John, it's got to be about 80th podcast yeah, 85 you know we've talked about a lot of different things but i don't remember ever talking about the uh ups and downs of le leaving the corporate world it's been too long for me I, since i did that <laughs> but i did it too um john you you know you, you're a little more recent yeah, you're I a mean, few in the years. last five years i jumped ship so, but it's an interesting thing maybe we should just talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's dive into it. I think, you know, I for for me, I always had the desire to leave, um, but I couldn't, I didn't do it on my own timing. I was part of the corporate downsizing phase that went on at, at the company I worked for. And 
was sort of thrust uh, out of the golden handcuff sooner than I than I wanted to be. I still had a plan, um, but it wasn't fully formulated, and so that was that was really interesting. I think for you, Adrian, it sounds like you had a, a very well thought out plan from from what we were talking about before uh, for how you wanted to go after kind of attacking uh, uh, being self employed. Yeah, I have a little bit of plan. Part of it's timing with multiple things, you know, happening. Um, so, so one of it is, you know, the workshop side I mentioned, um, you know, I could start that from scratch and, and do that again, just from, you know, like I did before from the beginning. Um, but my, my peer and friend, David Cobb, he is actually going to be phasing out of workshops. And so part of this, this whole plan that I'm working on, or just moving into more of the photography side of things again, is I'm taking over his best of the Northwest um, workshop business. And so we're on a two-year plan of this year and next year transitioning it. What is David going to do with himself? I can't imagine <laughs> doing something. So he still, he does some other workshops um, through some other organizations, but this is most of his workshops or at least half of it every year is the best of the Northwest. Um, you know, I'll let David speak for it if he wants to talk about it on a future podcast. Yeah, He's definitely, I will say, he's definitely not stop, stopping photography. Uh, he's, oh, you know, he just wants to change things up, which I get it. I'm, you know, he's been doing workshops as his, you know, for really over 17 years now. The business I'm taking over has been around, you know, he, he basically took it from somebody else. Um, so it's been around for 31 years, um, which is a long time. And now I'm taking that business over and I'm excited about it. I like like I mentioned earlier, the only reason I got out of workshops is just because of the demand of everything else. And now I'm able to free up things where I can focus on it um, more. And so it's just been exciting, even just the spring doing a number of workshops with uh, David and just getting back into it and putting together different presentations and helping people. Um, and so, I, yeah, I'm excited about it. And I feel like my corporate experience helps with you know that type of uh, business you know i have project management experience leadership experience management all of that and at the end of the day when you're leading a workshop business you know you really you're building education and experience for people and you know it's something i enjoy and so i really look forward well, to well, it. i mean we're we're running a business here we're uh, we're not just in the business of taking pretty pictures, I mean, we are we're, we're running an actual business, and having having that business acumen, I think, is really critical. There's a lot of great photographers that don't yeah. know how to run a business. I agree. there's that, and I think there's also the other thing, like because I'm somebody that's been in the corporate world for so long, you know, I'm used to getting 200 plus emails a day or whatever. You're just on the grind all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, none of, none of, none of that side worries me. I don't worry about picking up the phone and needing to call cold call somebody or a business for some lead or the emails that I need to answer or do all that stuff. Cause I'm conditioned to do that for decades now. Um, and, and I think the other thing too, that's important to say is, you know, there's that saying where you're either running away from something or you're running towards something. I'm really running towards something. I, I don't, you know, some people hate the corporate life or the tech world or any, however you want to spin it. Uh, you know, for me, it's what got me where I am today, you know, and just 
my my growth and the things that I know and I'm able to contribute and do. And so I, I don't I don't necessarily look at it as a bad thing. I mean, I had a lot of good opportunities, worked with some great people. It's just time for, for some change is really what it comes down to. For you know me. what, Adrian, John and I at different times went through the same thing. I, I know I did. I don't mean to speak for you, John, but it's just it was time and it was it was all good, you know. It's mm-hmm. definitely time, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a scary step. I know, Jack, you've probably gotten this a ton over the years, but, you know, people ask, you know, what, you know, I want to be a full-time professional. What do I want to do? And, or, or, or what should I do to make that happen? And it's, you know, I keep going back to your comment, Adrian. It's like, you, you need to have a plan to have money, yep. to make money. You can't just take pictures and hope people buy them. It's, you need to have a plan. Yeah, definitely. You need a plan and you need to give yourself some time. Um, You know, if there's also the piece of it too, you know, people say, don't leave your day job until you're, you know, making X percentage on whatever businesses that you're trying to create. And to a certain degree, you can, you can do that, but only to a certain level. I think there's, there's some people out there that are the exception that do really well and then can just transition and everything is just completely fine for me. You know, yes, I already have a side business. It's not a full-time business, but I know I'm not I'm not going to be able to get it to that income or that level without spending the time on it. That's just, you know, the reality for me. So for me, I know I need to give it multiple years to potentially get it there. Um, so, you know, my advice is for people not necessarily, if you're going to go this route, you know, have that financial support mechanism, whatever it is, to allow you the time to work on it and not the stress of, Hey, I need to put a roof over my head within, you know, two months or it's just not going to work. Right. Well, the other thing you're going to find, and uh, you've done this already and you probably know this, but for anybody who hasn't, you're going to find that when you're available and I know John, you'll echo this when you are available to put a hundred percent of your effort into your photography business, and not have to split it up with a day job or other things. You, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, you, you can work as little or as much as you want. You know, we both, we all know how long it takes to do things. And it's not easy, but, you know, when you're, when, when this is 100% of your effort, it's going to work for you a lot easier. There's no, no doubt about that. And that's, that's a good point, Jack. I mean, that's one of the reasons for my change too, is just, the sheer flexibility you know if i need to you know get a bunch of stuff done and and put in a ton of hours that's fine for you know whatever photography project that's come up or a deadline i need to meet but then i also get the flexibility you know i'm not basically stuck with this set time frame of needing to work on on the corporate schedule right i you know can get away for maybe an extra week or whatever with my family to do something i mean my kids are growing up fast and you know this allows some more flexibility to help around the house and do things with them and other things um so which i'm already finding and so it's easy to get pulled in that direction uh because you know my wife still still works she's got a busy job and so i find i'm helping more around the house for example and so i got to still try to find the, the right balance of doing all of that while still giving the time to the photography side of things. Yep. Yep. Yes. Very, very, very true. 
So, so being a being a Northwest photographer, Adrian, let's talk a little bit about you know what, where is right now? I know it shifts over time, but right now, where's a lot of your creative energy going towards? You know, we we're, we have abundant coastal scenes, rivers, mm-hmm. lakes, waterfalls, whatever. Where where are you getting the most energy? Um, yeah, so I can say a couple things with that. So for me, one is the the coast. Um, and part of it is just during the pandemic, my family, we've just gone down the coast a lot more, the North Oregon coast. Uh, more than we had, you know, before then. I mean, we've always been, you know, local travelers going out and doing camping and hiking and all that. So it's nothing new. Um, and obviously that's what my photography is the majority about, you know, going out to outdoor destinations. Um, but just with a lot of people, we weren't traveling, so we spent more time there, which means I was doing more photography. And I just love the diversity of the coast you know you got the forest you got the streams you got the ocean you got rocks you got you got a little bit of everything um and so i just i feel like it's never a dull moment for me to go to the coast and you know get inspired and find something i'm interested to photograph (laughs) you know we're uh, it's a funny thing john and i kid around about it all the time um when we see folks come from, say, uh, I don't know, John, pick a state, um, Illinois. Yeah. They come out and they go, man, you guys, you got everything here. And we we don't want to make them feel bad. And we say, well, you know, it's stuff. But we are so spoiled up here. I mean, <laughs> we are. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just amazing. Just amazing. And Oregon Coast, uh, you know, I remember when I first saw that, I, Adrian, I grew up on the East Coast and lived around Midwest and stuff, but it's nothing like the Oregon coast. And it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. It really is. We're very fortunate. Where else, um, the, I mean, you're a native, are you, are you and, and Florida Cascadia, I guess is based, you know, predominantly up here, I guess, but are, are, are you, um, are you, gonna, you know, you get a branch out at all, or are you just going to concentrate with things up here? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm one of those people. I'm happy to travel wherever. You know, I, I mean, I grew up occasionally going to, to Europe as a kid. I mean, I've definitely, you know, done a variety of travel across the, the states or gone international. Um, but just because of the diversity we have here to say, like, you know, Northern California, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, um, you know, the Southwest, like that's where most of my work is. And I feel like I could probably spend the rest of my life just in all of those states and never, you know, exhaustively photograph everything of interest to me. Um, so, you know, I'm fine just traveling to those places. And as other opportunities come up, you know, I'll definitely look to travel, you know, maybe further east or just go other places, maybe again, international. Um, I do spend time in Hawaii um, as well uh, from time to time. So that's another place that's interesting to photograph. But for me, I I just I'm really one of those people that am happy to get out, you know, within, you know, a long drive or road trip just, you know, nearby. Um, You know, I'm going to Montana here just in a couple of weeks as an example. So, you know, a lot of that just around here is is keeps me motivated and interested in photography. 
Are you are you staying out of the parks or working in the parks? Uh, a, yeah, I don't know. The parks, not in summertime so much. So um, I, I go to some national parks. Um, but for me, I'm more about just getting out with um, and not necessarily be with a ton of other people. Yeah. Um, I like photographing. So let me let me break that out between a couple. So I like to photograph with other people because I'm more of an extrovert. And so for me, yes, I'm glad to go travel by myself, but I also love hanging out with, you know, one or a handful of people and going out and photographing. But I'm also not eager to go to, you know, any of the big parks during peak season um, for a photography perspective. I mean, if I, if I do those kind of trips, it's usually just because it's a family thing. And maybe I'll bring my camera. But for photography, I want something that allows me. Uh, really, I, I need that, you know, piece that my, I need my mind to be calm. I need my eyes ready to roam and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I'm not going to get that, you know, going at the hustle and bustle of some of the parks, the larger parks these days. I, I only ask because you said you were going to Montana, John. You'll love this. So um, if you wanted to go today and drive through Glacier National Park. Uh, someone I know told me that someone they knew was gonna do that, and then they found out that they had to get a uh, uh, a reservation to drive the one, you know, going to the Sun Road, the only road that goes from east mm -hmm. to the west. And they couldn't go, because they were too late to get, they only, they're only allowing a certain amount of cars per day in there, so. Beware, the national parks are coming for us. Well, we've we've loved them to death. Um, yeah, yeah, in in many ways. Adrian, let me. I was just having a conversation with somebody else the other day, talking about uh, preparation for photo outings, and I just kind of wanted to throw a, a question out to you: Is how how much and what kind of preparation do you do? before you're going out for a shoot i know some people you know they're on photo pills for hours planning stuff out and yada 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 others just go out and see what happens where where do you fall on that spectrum uh, it's funny that you asked that i just you know in the recent workshops one of the presentations i did was actually on this topic um yeah. And, and more of it was to explain the kind of different categories that, that you fall into um, or people fall into from a photography standpoint from that, you know, really, I'd say detailed planning to the, you know, fly by the seat of your pants and just, you know, whatever comes to your way, you'll figure it out. Um, and for me, it just depends on really where I'm going and what I'm doing. Um, you know, something that's a bigger, longer trip, I'm obviously going to do more planning to figure out, you know, where I'm going, what I need to carry, do all that stuff. Something that's more local, I I prefer more of the unplanned. I just want to get in my car and just go or just hike or just do something where I'm not going to, you know, do an abundance of, of pre-work to figure out, you know, exactly what I want to get. I, there's a lot of those. I mean, I have them in my portfolio, uh, you know, a number of photos that are, I'd say, the pretty photos. And some of them I spent, um, you know, multiple times going to a place to 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 create what I wanted in the end. Um, but it, to me, it's a different type of photography than just going somewhere without a plan and just seeing what you get. And I think you're, you know, you're creative in a different way 
when you do that. Yep. Yep. I agree. I think, uh, Jack, you've, I think you've always been a little bit more planful than I, at least from, uh, I have been, but I have to tell you the last two years when I, you know, I, Adrian, I, on a straight line to the top of Mount Rainier from my driveway is 19 miles. Now it does take me okay. <laughs> to get, get up to paradise, but I'm close. When I go up to Rainier, I used to plan, 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 look at what I don't look at anything anymore. I just go, I mean, I have an idea what it's going to be, but I don't want to be disappointed. I, I don't want to, you know, and the other half of the time, sometimes I don't even take a camera. It's just nice to get out and, well, I, th- mm-hmm. I think I think part of it too, and this was, this was part of my conversation, is that if you are going someplace expecting or wanting to get a particular shot that you've planned, planned, and planned, and you get there, and the conditions are different, you know, obviously you'll be disappointed, as Jack said, mm-hmm. but also you're you're kind of shut off creatively from that point onwards because you went expecting a particular thing because you've been planning, planning, planning. And when you don't yep. get it, you kind of shut down creatively. And yeah. and that's my sort of advocacy for not doing too much planning around expectations. But instead, you know, like for me, I set up myself to be open-minded, creatively responsive to patterns, shapes, colors, and textures with no expectation about a specific photograph. But just the the creative input that could be coming my way if I keep my eyes and my brain open. So much of what we do is mental, and if we get into a bad place, it's just it's going to reflect. It's going to show up in in our work, you know. And and uh, over planning is uh, I've learned the hard way. It 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 it, it can stymie your creativity like john says it's, it's and and kind of to circle back to one of the comments you made jack about all the parks now with the permit system i mean that was one of the comments i made in my presentation is around you know there there is some planning that needs to be done not only for just the type of journey or or you know whatever um outing you might be going on but now more and more places whether it's even a national park or even a local trail you might even have to have a, a permit, a lottery permit in advance, because um, yeah. that's just a growing thing. So people need to be aware, even if you just want to just leave and head somewhere, some minimal amount of research needs to be done so you don't even show up somewhere. So and then you even realize, a, hey, the, the Columbia Gorge here, Adrian, you know, where yeah. we used to be able to pop out anytime we wanted to. Exactly. It's a perfect example. Permits. That's crazy. And I get it. I, I think it's the you know as much as I don't like it either I think it's it's one of those necessary evils we a lot of these places need it um, because there's just too many people or too much traffic or both and you know that's what's going to at least bring the experience to something more enjoyable if we limit the number of people and you you get the the permit to go that's what you don't and and for those of you who've been to Iceland years ago and have been there in the last couple of years. It's a great example of not being prepared. You know, the uh, the paths that we used to hike up in Monolog, Mon, I'm not saying it, <laughs> up in the mountains of Iceland, they used to be two feet wide. And the last time I went up there, they were eight feet wide and there was garbage all over the place. It was horrible. And that's because Iceland had no plan. And I kind of think that 
we fell into the same situation and now we're trying to do something about it and and like it or not it's a necessary evil um you know what's really funny though adrian is that and i think john you'll agree that when you go to a park photographers like us we're not the problem um you know we're, we're, we tend to take care of the land it's these big tour buses coming in with hordes of people that just get out like cattle and just trample god it's that that's what's screwing up for all of us but yeah you know, that's another podcast for another time probably jack's rant that jack's rant yep. straight talk with jack there, there you, you go. go there you go so adrian let me let me ask you one other kind of question uh around your photography in a way so you've you've visited a lot of the northwest areas and and beyond and for you what's the what's the hardest place to shoot up that you visited mm. well i the hardest i don't know if there's a necessarily there's a place i'm, gonna, I'm, I'm trying to think of a place but i would think one of the thing for me one of the hardest um scenes or conditions to to capture is winter time i mean people say going out and photographing in snow but i find that it's to get the right conditions where, you know, you've got, you know, good snow, the, the, the right temperature, the right, I mean, it's like everything. Like I find the wintertime photography to go out there and, and get some work that I'm happy with. Um, and again, when I talk about winter, I'm talking about snow winter. I mean, cause you know, winter could be somewhere where they don't get snow. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, for me, I find that that is, it can be challenging to, to get the right conditions um, again, you know, it depends on what you're planning for. Nowadays, I'm probably more open to when I go out to, you know, look for something different and, and be open, more, more open-minded. Um, but still, I just, th those can, can be challenging times to, to go out and, and find something, um, you know, cause snow, you know, if you don't have fresh snow, you know, it can be, it can look, you know, dirty and old quickly, um, you know, if you want snow on the trees for your photo, that, you know, that can change real quickly when the wind or warm, you know, the sun comes in. There's just a lot of variables there, um, you know, and I just put out like one example is one photo I wanted to get of Mount Hood years ago. And I needed to have these exact conditions to to get it. And, and you know, it took me a number of tries. Um, it's just, you know, it's just one example. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's so much more so many more variables during winter um it's not just having having nice weather like we do in the spring and the fall but it's uh it's now we got to contend with the, with the snow conditions and the quantity and quality and tonality mm -hmm. of it and yeah you're right i mean winter winter photography can be difficult plus how about, plus how about gears. and the extra gear yep how about location? What what do you find to be the most challenging location? Hmm. And, and Say I only ho. Say because ho. some places, John and I talk about this all the time, and we ask this to a lot of people, and it, 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 it's uh, it's not an easy question, but yeah, I don't know the most challenging location. That's a good question. I don't know if I've 
thought about that. I more think about, you know, conditions or seasons or things like that. Um, and I guess for me, this is the ma- reason why maybe I'm struggling with what is the biggest challenge is because I tend to be more open-minded nowadays with my photography of trying to, to go out and find something that is interesting to me regardless of what the challenges are. I'll just give you a perfect example. David and I just did a workshop out in Eastern Oregon, less than ideal conditions um, starting off and it ended off great. But, you know, the first morning was really pouring rain um, and the day before was, you know, what wasn't that weather at all. It was like, you know, the blue patchy blue sky with puppy clouds and all of that and wildflowers. And here we are standing out in the rain. And people still really were able to enjoy themselves. I enjoyed myself. So I was able to, you know, show people how to be creative in something like that. So I guess that's why I maybe am not sure exactly what to say what is the toughest because of my mindset of going somewhere. And even if it's not the quote unquote ideal conditions, I try to just see what other opportunities there might be there no matter what. Something we've never been through, right, John? Right. <laughs> Yeah, we just got we back just from got the. Back, Adrian, we just got back from the Palouse, and, and we had a deluge. I mean, oh, so you were there during that that those downpours that came through? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was amazing, but you know what? It was amazing, and it gave us some, yep, great pre pre storm conditions and during and post storm, and it was it was great, you know. And was, we even got a lenticular cloud over Steptoe. Yeah. Completely oh, immersed amount. It was an amazing thing. Just an amazing. And that's what we explained to our participants. And we got similar conditions. You know, once that started passing through and things were breaking up, you know, we reminded them the best conditions you're usually going to get atmospheric wise is before and after a storm. And you really kind of have to be there for part of the storm for that to happen because <laughs> it goes by quick. But sure. Adrian, you know what? I, you know, one of these days when I do. Uh, I'm backing off quite a bit, but when I do get out of this business, you know, not so much for someone like you, but for, you know, younger folks that are getting in this business, man, I just like to give them some pointers. And I, you know, I think you guys already get this, but part of what we do as workshop leaders, besides try to teach people how to take a good photograph if they listen, um, is, is to teach them Hey, you know what? Life is full of unexpected stuff. And, you know, we have to learn how to adapt. And we're teaching you how to adapt. And this this weather we're seeing is not, you know, you may think it's not what you thought it was going to be. But, you know, we're going to teach you how to deal with it. And that's part of what we do. You know? Yeah, for sure. Well, John, what do you think, uh, Adrian? What do you, what do you, what do you, uh, do you have anything coming up that you'd like to talk about, or do you have anything on your schedule, or how can we find you? How can folks find you? And um, yeah, you know. um, I, I don't really have anything specific. I'm, I, there are some personal projects I'm working on that I'll eventually get out there into the the open world for people to consume but i won't go too much in details in the into those until i get further down the road i'm just working on some outline of some potential things around a video and ebook um for my website is probably the best way to get a hold of me and then social media from from there which and my website is just adrianklein.com that's k-l-e-i-n 
folks. You got it. K-L-I-E-N. K-L-E-I-N. Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N, K-L-E-I-N. And Adrian, John, you'll do your normal. Um, Adrian, uh, John is the uh, technical uh, guru here. I just sit here and talk. John makes makes everything look good, sound good. Um, He's really, really great at that. And he'll get some show notes up for you, right, John? Yep, of course, always. Yep, I'll have links to Adrian's website up and a, and a couple of images of his for you to look at if you do visit our webpage, wetalkphoto.com. Well, actually, so Adrian, you know, if you've uh, got nothing else, uh, you know, I think now might be a good time to uh, call it a day. And and I, I can't wish you enough good things which i know are going to come your way with this uh with this latest venture uh exiling yourself in the corporate world yeah well you know what what we tell everybody uh, and i tell um i tell my my uh clients um everybody wants to be a you know, a successful photographer. And my, and my recommendation to everybody is to just get good. If you get good, and I learned this from Guy Tao, if you get good, you'll be found. Just get good. And you're already there. Um, I know you're working on your marketing and working on other things. And I, I have no doubt, you know, you're, you're going to be right. Uh, you know, there's always room for good leaders and, you know, you Thank and you. the folks at Florida Cascadia, your your dear friends are the best. So you're gonna be fine. Just just uh, just uh, keep your head up and work hard. Sounds good. That's what I'll be doing. All right, John. Well, let's uh, let's put a kick things in ahead for today. And um, folks, thank you all for listening. We'll be back um, soon with. I don't even know. Maybe number eighty-six or something. We need to do a count, John. Yeah, so we're we gonna should. hit a hundred, not know it. We want to have a big party for a hundred. You know, <laughs> cupcakes. We'll bring cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. All right, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.